social psychologist, Dr. Kenneth and Mamie Clark, who were instrumental in the Dahl test during the Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court case. And this is where Minnie Jean Brown, as a 16-year-old, left Little Rock after she was expelled and came to live in New York with the Clarks. And we are very fortunate and honored that the current homeowners have allowed us to take a trip back in time and learn about what it was like for my mother to live here with the Clarks. Um, it was my first flight and it was to New York. Um, when the plane landed, uh, the flight attendant said, could you wait to get off last? And I really didn't think anything of it. But when I did get out, there were cameras and movie cameras and flashbulbs and reporters. And I kept looking around to see who the movie star was who was coming off the plane. And it was for me. And um, yeah, it was quite an amazing experience to have that happen. Your mother, Granny, brought you, right? My mother was with me. I think it was her first trip to New York. So how long did she stay? Did she just kind of drop you off and see uh, you off? I think she stayed long enough to get to know where I was going to be, get to know the Clarks, get the feeling that I was going to be safe, and, and also to sort of have that experience of not having me there because we were really close, and I was really close to my sister and brothers. So it was, uh, it was hard for me to, to decide to do it, uh, but it was a real break in the family. Do you remember coming to this house for the first time? I do. I remember coming to the house and driving up the hill and meeting Kate and Hilton and Mrs. Clark and thinking it was really beautiful because she, Dr. Mamie also had a beautiful garden, so. Would you say you experienced culture shock? Well, it's pretty hard not to notice the difference living in Arkansas and coming to um, Westchester County. Um, and I read Seventeen magazine, but I couldn't you know, I had the colored Girl Scouts and the colored Y and could only go to one theater that showed movies that were first run. Um, water fountains, you know, all the things that we sort of think of as being in the old days were my experience. I was so protected by my family and my community. But it was very much like standing on the outside of a fence looking in. Also, my school. When I went to New Lincoln, I was able to do all the things I dreamed about when I decided to go to Central. We wrote our own musicals, we had poetry, assemblies, I had really good friends. I hadn't ever been around Jewish people, so I got to go to Seder's, I got to uh, talk to grandmothers who had tattoos on their arms. 
uh, the learning was so immense that I almost couldn't believe it. So that culture shock of the world opening up for me was a world that, as a voracious reader, I'd always fantasized about. And here it was laid out in front of me. It was pretty amazing. Can you talk about your graduation? Well, the graduation, oh. The graduation was really fun. I think there were 20 graduates. Uh, Mrs. Clark had a dressmaker make, I told her what I wanted and this dressmaker made my graduation dress. And um, we had Manischewitz family was part of the New Lincoln family and they donated champagne. So we all made toast to each other, like a toast to down the line, all, all 40 of us. And um, for our party, I think we went to the Hamptons someplace to a huge mansion for our graduation party. What can I say? It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Can you talk a little bit more about the Jewish community embracing you? Well, New Lincoln had quite a number of Jewish students and my best friends, among my best friends, were Jewish girls. And the, the conversation in the cafeteria was, is Judaism a culture or a religion? Those high-level intellectual discussions that I didn't have a clue about. But um, being able to hear those conversations and to think about it, and to be taken home and introduced to the grandmothers who liked me because I liked to eat, um, who kind of took me in. And I hadn't, I know I was really ill-informed. I didn't know about the Holocaust. And then when I found, I was furious that I hadn't known. And, and the, other thing is that at the time, um, there were lots of connections and um, working together among Jews and blacks. I'm, I'm not sure where it stands right now, but then it, the, the, the oppressions were assumed to be something that the two groups could work together on. So the location of New Lincoln, it's right on Central Park. What was it like to go to a school in such a beautiful area? Well, we used to go to the park and we actually did our field hockey in the park. And also is that the, um, at the time it was the end of Harlem. So I had everything. Uh, when, I, when I took the train uh, home to Hastings, I went through Harlem and I was fascinated by it. Uh, when the Little Rock Nine came, we went to the Apollo Theater. Um, it was, everything was broader and interesting and possible. So for me, 
it's pretty cool for a young woman to have that kind of opening. Um, I, I felt I realized how closed the South was and how it desired to be closed that way. And I, I now have a phrase I call profound intentional ignorance. And so for me, that opening of possibility inspired me and invigorated me. What impact do you think that leaving Little Rock, coming to New York, living with the Clarks, and going to New Lincoln School had on your life? It changed my life. It opened up the world. Part of never being satisfied anymore, you know, because there's more to learn, more to know. I'm a, what they call a lifelong learner. I, I seek out experiences. As you well know, I tried to make sure you guys had experiences so that you wouldn't feel limited in your lives. So it, it, it filters through for your whole life. What do you do now to continue your life of activism, peacemaking, freedom fighting? Well, I think Working with young people is the most radical thing a person can do. And I teach young people nonviolence, and I work with young people at, I go to middle schools, fifth grade is my favorite audience because those kids love the story of Little Rock, suck it in and understand because they have a strong sense of fair and unfair. When I teach nonviolence, to high school students. I don't expect them to go get arrested. I don't expect them to get beaten. But I do expect them to protect people who are being bullied and to be thoughtful about the language that they utter and to understand that language is violence and that nonviolence is a total thing. I mean, the first principle of nonviolence is nonviolence is a way of life for courageous people. Uh, what do I do? I have an organic garden. I speak at schools. I, I don't know. You've led a life of activism. You've led a lifetime. So I have a very sharp tongue. I criticize people for their uh, mistakes. Um, I'm real good at emailing the president, and I urge people. Saying it's so simple, you don't even have to write anymore. All you have to do is type it and press send. And I'll go to a college campus and say, how many people have emailed your congressperson or your president or whatever? And I get two hands, and I'm saying, you have no excuse. It's so easy. Text it. Tweet it, whatever, put it on Facebook. You can do this. You have to take responsibility. How do you take care of yourself? Garden. Reading. Thinking. And working as much as I can with young people because if we don't help them then they'll just keep making the same mistakes 
So with uh, Soldier into the Past, uh, 7,000 students have gone through there. And I've had a direct hand specifically on those 7,000 and all the other hundreds that I've talked to, taught, counseled. I'm a, I'm a social worker. I trade. I've worked with immigrant worked with immigrant refugee women, heard their stories of strength and power, and then transferred them to other people to use. So it's a it's a fun life. Um, I want to be socially responsible. I'm not going to be able to do as much as I would have wanted to do. And I didn't change the world as much as I would have liked. At the end, you're the roots of my spirit. And so I want to ask you, what are the roots of your spirit? The roots of my spirit are caring. Caring for other people. Care. You know, what Central taught me was compassion. That I would be compassionate because I didn't ever want anybody to have a, an experience like that. But over time, I'm, I'm, I want to care for the earth. I want it to be available for the seventh generation as many indigenous peoples believe in. That's my responsibility. So it seems to me that as, as long as you're working on something, that's the root of your spirit. Just keep on going. Just work on it until you can't. Because um, I didn't get everything. I didn't change the world I wanted to. I wanted peace in the world. And I wanted all those ugly things to go away. I didn't, couldn't accomplish that. But I'm still 